0: start at 530 and we would be done at nine o'clock at night. We would finish our. Wow. That was the part when
1: I learned that in your course. I was like, oh, my God, that changes
0: everything. My moon cycle is linked to the moon's cycle. Yeah, what? fucking magic. So cool.
1: Hello, hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back to Acting My Age. So fucking glad you're here. Just a few things I wanted to pop in and say, if you like this podcast and you want to support it and support me, one thing that you can do is leave a positive review on the iTunes page. Reviews and positive reviews help the podcast get noticed and spread around and will allow more people to listen to it. And that would be so fucking sick. So thank you guys so much. If you feel called to leave a review, I would absolutely appreciate it. And yeah, let's get into the episode. Hello, hello, beautiful people. I am so excited to have one of my sisters, Mel, Melanie Joy, on the podcast today I met her through Fit for Service, (laughs) surprise, surprise, and I took her four-week course teaching the heroine's journey, um, which was Mm -hmm. so impactful and opened up Mm -hmm. so, so much for me, Um, and she's just such an inspiration, how she carries herself, how she uses her voice, and just Mm -hmm. the power that she exudes. um, I am, yeah, in awe of and just so grateful to have her around and in my life, so I really hope you enjoy this episode. She has so much to share, so much to teach, and she's coming fresh off of a, I think, month-long yoga teacher training in Costa Rica, so the vibes are so, so good. And uh, ah, just so happy to have her on. I hope you enjoy this episode and wishing you all my love as always. Hi, Mel. Welcome to the podcast officially.
0: (laughs) Hello. So happy to be here.
1: I am so excited. You've been such a teacher for me and an expander and like big sister energy for Ooh. sure. Just an example, yeah, a, a walking permission slip if you will <laughs> of that. a woman in her power, which I
0: Ooh. appreciate. <laughs> yeah, um it was so nice to have you in the course and actually just so nice to hear you say that because I see you as a woman in her power Mm -hmm. and I'm just here navigating the waters of my own too. So thank you for that compliment and it's reciprocated.
1: Oh, thank you. That's what's so cool. Mm -hmm. There's always something in someone that we can be inspired by, which is just magical. So you just got back from a yoga teacher training like two days ago or something really recently.
0: Yeah. I think I got back about four days ago. I did a yoga teacher. It was a yoga meditation teacher training down in Costa Rica. I've been in Costa Rica between three trips, probably six months this year. Wow! So Mm -hmm. never would have expected that in my life. Like did not have that on the trajectory of things (laughs) to do as I was working like a slave in corporate for the last 10 years, but Mm -hmm. this year has been magical to watch it unfold. And, um, so yeah, it was like a month in Costa Rica, Santa Teresa. If you haven't been, it's the cutest little beach town. I just love it there. Oh, I and wanna go.
1: Never been to Costa Rica. Costa Rica.
0: Yeah. So yeah, it was um yoga and meditation. So for yoga, the woman who was teaching Nancy Goodfellow is originally an Ashtanga yogi and has since over her 30 years of practice transitioned into tantric yoga. Mm. And the gentleman, Kaudri has been in the meditation realm of like Buddhist Taoism for 50 years now. So it was really interesting to learn from both of them and the different lineages that they brought into the training. Um, As you know, I study Sanskrit mantra from my end already. Mm -hmm. So it was really nice to sit in chanting circles with Nancy and Koji and um yeah it was just a really powerful energetic bubble yeah. yeah
1: like you do you all stay on the property and you just kind of wake up and like go into the space yeah. and wow that's Yeah
0: cool. I would wake up at you know I really set an intention to kind of like commune with the beach while I was there so mm-hmm. we started meditation at 6:30 a.m. so I would get up at 5:30 a.m. to go to the beach and chant my mantras, and have my coffee, and kind of, you know, fall into my center prior to needing to go to, to meditation. So I'd start at 5 30, and we would be done at nine o'clock at night. We would finish our closing every wow. night. Yeah.
1: What a full day.
0: <laughs> it was a full day. I mean, like, I would have never said, oh, I know, I would have never thought that I would have said, Man, this meditation is really getting in the way of my personal time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but that's pretty much what it was. We would meditate at six thirty a m and then for sunset again, meditate before dinner. The food was amazing. We had three buffets every day of gluten free wow. vegan fresh juice, um, oh my gosh. that were like never repeated a flavor and it was it was a lot of. It was really I describe it as like a rigorous schedule on this white fluffy cloud mm.
1: <laughs> yeah I yeah. like I like that a lot how was your energy levels like were you super filled up by the end of the day or exhausted or both?
0: Yeah, it would, it would kind of like change on any given a day. I think once you know that you're in the five o'clock session, you kind of get this breath of energy, like, okay, the day's almost over. But all in all, I had a Kundalini awakening one morning in meditation. Wow, um, And that kind of affected my energy level for the rest of the trip. It was about halfway through I was sitting in meditation one morning. I literally felt like my body kind of started shaking mm-hmm. as if, you know, when you're falling asleep and you like shake and you jerk, like, oh yeah. shoot. But I wasn't, I checked myself mentally. I was like, am I falling asleep right now? It's like, no, I'm good. I'm awake. Next thing you know, my hands like shot up to either side of my auric field, if you will. Mm-hmm as if the palms of my hands were pushing against my aura to help hold my body up and in place. Otherwise wow. I was all over. It was just like this surge of energy up my, up my spine, up my Shishuma. And yeah, wow. after, after that happened, we do sharing circles after our morning routine of meditation, then yoga, then sharing circle. And I just knew that what had just happened was a massive energetic shift. And so I started sharing that and, you know, shed some tears of just expansiveness of it all. I still felt I was outside of my body a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, After sharing circle, I was so hungry. I just needed to ground with food. It's just floating. Um, Later on that day, we're sitting in anatomy class and I was like a zombie, like just staring at this. this Mirti at this statue of shiva off in the corner. It's like this mm-hmm. altar up in the corner of shiva and i was just really connected and there was a lot of movement in the shala during anatomy we were doing group work and there was music going here there and everywhere and people talking in different groups and i was just in this connection with shiva mm-hmm. totally brain dead and i was like i gotta get out of here it's like too much stimulation i went out on the beach and decided, you know, I'm communing with the beach. This is Mm -hmm. my place of peace. Like I'll just kind of drop back in. Like, I just need a moment to gather myself. I don't know what's going on, but I'm really feeling out of it. And I started doing a center point meditation where you just kind of open awareness, eyes open. You look at the point in front of you and you just, and I looked at the point in front of me and it was the sand and there were hermit crabs and it was so busy. It was just busy. And I was like, the sand was swirling in places that it shouldn't be. And the crabs were moving. And I was like, okay, center point meditation. Let me further out my distance. Like, Mm -hmm. let me look at a point further out. Same thing. Okay. Whoa, that's a lot of noise. Let me look at a point even further out. Same thing. Just the sand was swirling. The hermits were so loud. Like Hermit's loud. Like, what is that? Oh he didn't, know it is, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, okay, well, there's tide pools at the ocean in front of me. The tide pools are still because the waves don't reach the tide pools. No, the water was <laughs> swirling, the reflection of the sun, like, then the waves. And I went back in the shala and I was just crying, like, I don't know what's going on, but it's just a lot. I felt like I was in an LSD trip and Mm. I felt like I was back in the ayahuasca space. And I really, um, had a moment. I went to the side of the shala and started chanting to ground myself with my voice. And as I was looking at mother nature and it was surrounded by like the jungle and the vibrant greens on the leaves and Still a lot of noise, they were swirling. Like I just needed to turn all of my five senses off. I wanted to five, like find a cave, like a dark yeah. hole, crawl in, and just turn
1: mm.
0: off the human capacity of the five senses. Yeah. And I had this realization a long time ago where you know the divine works in the unknown and the divine works like outside of our human capacity to perceive, mm-hmm. right? Like. Our soul is too much for our humanness, right? And mm. in this moment, I just realized like, oh my God, I'm in communication with my soul right now. And my human capacity is too much for my soul to perceive. Mm. Like the vision, the bright lights, the smells, the noise, like my human capacity, my soul is its too much for my soul to perceive without my soul being able to completely immerse itself in the oneness of it all. Mm, Right. Like my soul just wanted to burst out of my body and become one with all the swirls that I was seeing, like no separation. And you know, that's not what we're doing here, buddy. Like, Like rain it in, come back into my body, like rain it in. Yeah. And we're here, we're here to perceive through the human capacity And, you know, it was just really a felt sensation of like these barriers between the human body and the expansiveness of our, of our souls. And it was sad. It was like, oh my God, my soul, right? Like I can't be one with it. Like Mm -hmm. I can't Mm -hmm. totally immerse with it. Like, why am I separate from it? Mm -hmm. And I got to like, this thought came to mind of, oh my God maybe this is why we gestate in the womb for nine months. Like, is this how sad the soul is when it's first castrated into the body, into the womb, you know? Wow, and that stillness. Stillness and the compactedness. Mm. It's like nine months of compactedness. Because then if you think about it, like then we come out of the womb. I mean, like the baby, the body, the human capacity comes out of the womb, Mm. but the soul stays Just as compacted as it was once, like as it once was during the nine months of gestation, the human capacity grows, the soul stays compacted. Mm. And, um, yeah, just these massive notions of how sad it is for our soul and how the human capacity is just maybe a bit too much for the soul, just as the divine's capacity is too much for for our humanness.
1: Mm. It was a big day. Yeah. That's a big day. That makes me think about coming out of the womb and then the babies in the world and there's bright lights and doctors and people rushing around and there's so much going on. And it's like, just so overwhelming. Like, I, I feel like I can feel that sensation of how overwhelming that would be, which sounds similar to what you were experiencing. It's like, ah, what what? I just want to go back in the womb.
0: <laughs> right, all of a sudden the soul wakes up in this body and the lights turn on and the ears turn on and all the noise turns on and it's like what is this, you know? Yeah. And it's it's separateness so that we can experience that. So, back to your question, <laughs> how is my energy level? <laughs> that day, like the next day, I was pretty much like at an energetic capacity and floored the entire day. Like you cannot miss class. Like you can break your leg and you still need to come to class. Like you can have a Kundalini awakening. You can, you know, be sick or like whatever it is, but you still come to class. Once you're in class, you can use accurate self-assessment and lay down if you need to lay down, but you have Mm. to come to class. So that next day, um, I came to class and I just laid and, you know, probably cried and just laid and people mm-hmm. would talk to me and I was just ener- energetically flat.
1: Mm.
0: It was yeah. such a peak experience. I think, um, that I just flatlined the next day yeah. and then I leveled out and finished, you know, another two weeks, but, um, I'm really feeling the, I don't know, repercussions or like the the aftermath of that coming home. Yeah. Something's different.
1: Yeah. I was going to ask, what's your feeling now like is there still that sadness kind of lingering
0: um no it's not a sadness it's almost like a reckoning and a maybe like a reconciliation um I think when you're reminded of how big you actually are Mm. you know like Mm. a lot in the moment a peak and then a drop a peak and then a flat line And this is this integration piece that we talk about so much, you know, Mm -hmm. like to come home and integrate that, like you feel different. I feel more open. Mm -hmm. It was a big intention of mine just to like really commune with the beach and become like more of an open channel than I already am for the sake of my book that I'm writing right now. Mm -hmm. And I just feel a lot more open in that process with the rise of the energy through my Kundalini.
1: Wow. Ooh, thank you for sharing that. That was so vivid. I felt like I was like right there with you going through that whole, wow. So powerful. So interesting how like everyone gets something different out of those experiences. Mm -hmm. Like they get the medicine that they, they needed, I guess in the scenario. So what is your book that you're working on?
0: Yeah. So I have been diving into women's work quite a bit over the last two years, probably over my entire life. Um, I had a daughter when I was 18 um, mm-hmm. and I had a daughter, right? So like, <laughs> it's kind of my dharma being a young mom crossing that threshold at an early age, because you always wonder like, God, why did I experience something so big at such an early age? And it was so hard and Mm -hmm. it's so beautiful now. And I love my daughter, she's like my best friend, but it just set me forth on this journey to help women cross Mm -hmm. similar thresholds in life, like step into their power. It could be um, stepping into motherhood, but more importantly, it could be stepping... I shouldn't say more importantly, but as importantly, stepping out of motherhood, like as children get older, it could be women stepping maybe away from college or into a workspace. Um, Really just that threshold of stepping into our own divinity at whatever phase of life it's occurring for you right now. And so I'm writing a book of my journey Mm -hmm. and the premise of my book is the heroine's journey. And The Heroine's Journey is a book by Maureen Murdoch. Yeah. This book is so important. I <laughs> just discovered it like six months ago as I was praying for, you know, I knew I'd be writing my book. I started my book 10 years ago. And I was like, "Wow, oh, yeah, right. And, but as you're still, at, and it was like, my it's my memoirs, right? It's my yeah. story. But I've been so... Energetically and emotionally attached to these stories, right? Like, I couldn't Mm -hmm. go back and edit the work until I had healed what I had been through. And now's that time. I've done a lot of healing, a lot of inner child shadow work, the EMDR, like Mm -hmm. transformational plant medicines, like you name it. I've probably done it over Mm -hmm. these last two years and healed a lot of what I've been through. So now I'm editing the book and I was praying for my guides like my higher like some guidance of like how am i going to organize all this material i'm literally talking about life as a teenage mom life through alcoholism and addiction life through um corporate space and accommodating the patriarchy and into like a transformational journey of plant medicines and finding my feminine all over again mm-hmm. Um, A lot of big stuff. (laughs) How do you like maybe this is many books? I don't know, but like I just want it in one book. And anyways, of course, the universe, the universe provides whatever you seek. And Mm -hmm. I was shown the heroine's journey by Maureen Murdoch. Um everybody knows The Hero's Journey by Joseph Campbell. Mm -hmm. It's kind of that archetypical story arc that we go through in life of, you know leaving the nest, slaying the dragons, coming home changed. And it's very much um, a story arc of like living in the patriarchy. So yes, it's the typical story of life written by a man through mm-hmm. a man's lens. And I studied this work for like a year, for a year last year through mm-hmm. Fit for Service Fellowship, which is how I know you. <laughs> um, that was our curriculum last year. It was Zero's Journey. And it was like, uh, oh, I didn't know cool. that. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, cool. So I'm like a year into this material and it it resonates. It's great. It's like, yeah, I've been through this. I've left the, I've left my tribe. I've accommodated the patriarchy. I learned how to win. I slayed the dragon. I've like done all these things, Mm -hmm. but like something was missing. And then I found the heroine's journey. Mm -hmm. And then I learned about the stages of the heroine's journey, such as separation from the mother Um, patriarchy yeah um an urgent yearning to reconnect with the feminine and then reconnecting with the great mother of all and i'm like (laughs) blown like this is the magic that like every woman needs not when they're 37 but like could somebody have shown me this material when i was 18 yeah if not younger yeah in high school like yeah So this is the story arc of my book is The Heroine's Journey. And it is a journey through healing and unlocking the next chapter in life. Mm
1: -hmm. Oh, I cannot (laughs) wait to read it. Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm so excited for you. And you walked with
0: me. You actually walked with me. So I'm so passionate about the, the material of The Heroine's Journey. Like Joseph Campbell's Hero's Journey is like, you know, Everybody knows it. Well, how come we don't as women know this? Like this is yeah. so important as told by a woman through the lens of a woman. We just have these really sacred contraptions called womb spaces. Like <laughs> our story is just different and yeah. we do go through the hero's journey, but we also then come into the heroine's journey. It's almost as if we're so blessed to live two incarnations in one life mm. because we do this hero's journey, patriarchy, and then we come back into ourselves and our feminine through the heroes, through understanding the heroine's journey that we've actually lived and are continuing to live.
1: So yeah, you taught this material.
0: I did. I did a beta launch of a course and you were in it. So I hope it, it was resonated. so
1: incredible. Oh my God. Yes. It, it really just the first call, it just like clicked something clicked and ever since then I've been like holy fuck women are so powerful like that was the biggest takeaway I think from from the course for me
0: (laughs) yeah I've been studying another book called the great cosmic mother Mm. and on our first call I really wanted us to first realize how powerful we are as women through the matriarchy so the matriarchy goes back 200,000 years ago yeah. and it's a time when women were honored as goddess and goddess was mother and mother was earth and earth was mm-hmm. goddess and there was no man in the sky for lack of better words that mm-hmm. we revered it was Pachamama it was mother earth yeah. it was the of creation and we as women are connected through the seasonal changes of life just like we are connected to the moon. Mm -hmm. We are the earth. We are the cosmos. We are the all of creation. And it Mm -hmm. lives right in our womb space. Yeah, And there's something so sacred about that. We're taught to, you know, when we start menstruating, we're we're taught to put a tampon in it and quiet the noise kind of thing. And only recently I've been personally exploring like a cup. And- the process that goes along with the cup and
1: it feels so different
0: so different so different like you nurture this Mm -hmm. in a different way versus just throwing in the garbage you know like yeah so um on our first call we talked about history of the evolution of women as it relates to the matriarchy through the book called the great cosmic mother to really see that the patriarchy only started 5,000 years ago, which I had no idea.
1: (laughs) I'm not like, I'm not someone who is particularly interested in like learning history. And I just don't really remember dates seems to be, but like learning that just completely blew my mind. I'm like, how did I not know this? How did I not know this? It's not taught at all.
0: Exactly. Exactly. (sighs) So, just understanding, like, if you think about it from, you know, back in the Neanderthal days or like back when societies first started and communities started building, like women built the communities. Like it said that men were only in the community like 20% of the time because they were off hunting, which yeah. is very valuable, right? It's not a game of dismissing the value of men, but it's a game of understanding the value that we actually yeah. Are have attributed to the development of societies through the evolution of women. Um, you know, we were the caregivers, um, mm-hmm. which means we like. Let's just say we helped develop the medical system. So that mm-hmm. sounds big, right? But like, let's think about it. We were herbologists, right? Who was tending to the community? Mm-hmm. Who were who was out in Mother Nature, understanding before there was language the difference of for example, certain type of mushrooms, like one's going to kill you, one's going to send you on a psychedelic trip and one you can just eat because it's good, you know, someone
1: had to figure that out. Like,
0: so, and somebody had to communicate that. So not only do we help to develop the medical systems, we also developed language. We also developed architecture. I mean, we built the communities. If you think about um, the days of the native Americans, it was the women who stood up and tore down the teepees because we said, what the community layout was going to be. You know, like we built the community. So architecture, um, we domesticated animals, like we domesticated cats so that they could protect our granaries, granaries, food storage places that we built. We learned yeah. how, to, how to store food. Like we're <laughs> the ones that learned how to store the food. The men would kill the meat, we would store the food, and we created places to store the food and we domesticated animals to protect the food, like men killed the animals. We cultivated the animals, you know, like just, yeah, both important. Um, but we're not both as equally important, but not as equally stories that are told.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's like Um, that, that Prince Charming kind of thing that really resonated like we're always waiting for the prince charming or that's what's taught like we need to something someone outside of us is going to give us this knowledge or teach us how to survive in the world properly like in this yeah patriarchal society but (laughs) we've been doing this we've been doing this for so long like we can run can run our own lives perfectly well
0: Totally. The patriarchal pavement is, you know, the patriarchal pavement is the concrete mm-hmm. that kills the seasonal changes of goes life, over the soil, you know? And so, yeah, it's just so important, especially where we're at today in society with understanding what we've kind of done as a yeah. and how to make it better. And, I read this one thing one time and it'll always stick. And this is why I'm so passionate about women's work. Um, if the earth is sick, the women are sick. If the women Mm -hmm. are sick, the earth is sick Mm -hmm. and we, our society's sick right now. And Mm -hmm. i strongly believe in order to heal our society, we just need to heal the women.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, I love that quote. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Such a, such a cycle. I just had a thought too, like, I said earlier, I've never really been interested in history, but I'm interested in this history. So maybe it's just that what I've been taught in school really didn't, I didn't resonate with it. And it wasn't that interesting to me because it was learning about wars and, you know, cannonballs and who invaded who. And like, that didn't really resonate with me, but learning about caretaking and finding different herbs and foraging and yeah that's very interesting, so that history I do like
0: <laughs> well because and that history is known at a cellular level within your yeah you know yeah like, exactly that's why this is interesting. It's relatable on a subconscious level on a carbon DNA cellular level, like mm-hmm. we know we remember yeah,
1: exactly, like I've been there,
0: mhm, mhm, yeah yeah. Which, which is, is why so cool. when we learn about the Salem witch trials, we're like, what the
1: fuck?
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh
1: God. Nothing gets me more. That's yeah. so crazy. Any books or anything I've read, I'm like, oh. it's just <laughs> <laughs> that sacred rage definitely comes up.
0: Sacred rage. Yeah. It's a That sacred rage is a real instrumental part of the heroine's journey that we call an urgent yearning to reconnect with the feminine Mm. and honoring all of those feelings too. what happens in the urgent yearning to reconnect with the feminine is like, we say no, we say no to the patriarchy. Mm -hmm. We're done patronizing the patriarchy. We're done being daughters of fathers waiting for their prince to come and Mm -hmm. save us and then the fathers are working so we actually never get saved so then we learn to save ourselves and then we learn to be just like the men because we're saving ourselves so we have to be the man in this situation and we shut out our feminine and we totally disconnect from the emotional side of things because emotions are bad and Mm -hmm. weak um, (laughs) weak and you know if you want to survive in this world, like you need to toughen it up. You know what I mean? I mean, I know guys get that too, but like we as women totally get that. So this stage of reconnecting with the feminine, it's in myths, you can find it under the myth of Anana. You can also find it with the myth of Persephone where we go on the descent back into like the depths of the murky waters of when we first shunned our feminine away, Mm. which is as early as childhood. We can talk about that too. It's really an interesting phase to like learn about, oh, wow, I started rejecting my feminine back then. I was two. (laughs) Wow, yeah. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah, or like, well, five. I mean, we start developing more self-awareness around five, but how we relate to others is ultimately when we start rejecting our feminine, how we relate to mom. Mm. How what were some things about mom that we didn't like and our urgent yearning to be different from that? Mm-hmm. And this is just a natural phase of life. Like we want to find autonomy from the mother because it's our goal in life. It's it's mm-hmm. what we're here to do is find autonomy autonomy and differentiate ourselves from
1: the yeah, person have our independence,
0: most, mm-hmm, from the person that's most like us, which is mom. So just by natural course of evolution, we start rejecting our mother at a very young age, not knowing that that's what we're doing. And the effect of that is we start rejecting the feminine parts of ourselves that are exactly like her.
1: That was the part when I learned that in your course, I was like, oh my God, that changes everything. Knowing that changes everything.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So in that urgent yearning- We go back to those parts and it can look like depression. It can look like isolation. It can look like sacred rage. And then society tries to give give us some pills to like numb that process. And Mm. that's not what we need to do. We need to go there. We need to go into isolation, go into the descent, pick up those pieces of our feminine, bring them out of the murky waters, rekindle a relationship with our feminine, you know, we have to relearn how to trust ourselves.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that
0: Space, that feminine space that we said, no thanks to for so many years.
1: Connect with our intuition again, mm-hmm. build that relationship back up. Cause that, yeah, that's the most feminine mm-hmm. part of us. The one that knows and feels. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, and just when you were saying like you know, put a pill and kind of like numb it down. That made me think about birth control too. And I remember in high school, any of my friends who would have trouble with their periods, it'd be too heavy, too heavy. And it would, you know, hurt them or they would be really moody or also just having sex and wanting to be safe. But it, I found it was mostly like my friends that had really painful periods. They'd go to our one doctor on the Island. That was a man, older man. And birth control for everyone. And at lunch, everyone just go pop, 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 have birth control alarm and take your pill. And we're like 16, 15. And I just think about that. I'm like, Oh my God. I think in other areas of life, it's more common to be like, okay, that's a, like, let's look at what's actually going on beneath the surface here. Mm -hmm. Like, this is just a, it's a signal that there's something deeper, but for some reason with periods, like our, our moon cycles and our hormones that that connection, I feel like hasn't totally shifted yet. It's starting to more and more, but it's like, yeah. oh, I just have really painful periods. So I take, you know, this birth control and it helps. It's like, okay, but what's like actually happening here?
0: Yeah. It's interesting because I talked to my daughter like about anxiety, right? Like mm-hmm. there was a moment in high school where her anxiety was really bad and she was crying to me one day and she was like, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Like just, you know, I hate my anxiety. And it was mm-hmm. like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, hold on. Where does your anxiety live? Like, where is your anxiety? Where's it located? Mm -hmm. Like it's located inside of me. And I'm like, so what you're saying with, I hate, I hate, I hate, you're saying you, you hate a piece of your, yourself ultimately. Mm -hmm. Like, how does that feel to be rejected? And this is what Mm -hmm. we're doing with our moon cycles and stuff by, Mm -hmm. oh, they hurt. They hurt. I hate them. Like, give it a pill, suppress it, like push it away, like screw you. And let's take that same situation. Like if I did that to you, how would (laughs) it make you feel? Yeah. It would make you have energetic blocks with approaching me. It would make you have Mm. dissonance with me. It would make you want to disconnect from me. Mm -hmm. And so this is what we're doing to our bodies. I was at the gym today and I Looked at the mirror and I was like, ew, I hate my cellulite. And immediately I was like, stop doing that. Mm -hmm. You know, because then what ends up happening is we have disconnection from the blessed pieces of us that are actually just trying to help us. Mm -hmm. My daughter's anxiety, for example, is a pointer that she needs to look at something Mm -hmm. like something's viscerally not right within the intuitive, intrinsic wisdom of her body. What is it? Is it her schedule? Is it her peers? Is it smoking weed? Like what is it that's making you feel Mm -hmm. like something's off and your anxiety is just helping you see that you need to take a step back and look at it and kindle a relationship with that anxiety Mm -hmm instead of creating energetic blocks against it so that it continues to not work with you. Same with our periods. Like we are creating energetic blocks within our womb spaces, treating our periods like inconveniences.
1: Mm-hmm. Burden.
0: And, yeah, and a burden. And the, I don't have the numbers, but if you look at the history of like women's health and things that go on, Within our ovaries and our womb spaces, like there's a lot of problems that manifest over time based on the energy that we're giving it. Disease in the body turns into disease, you know, mm-hmm. disease, disease. So, yeah. how do we get back to the magic of, like, oh my God, my moon cycle is linked to the moon's <laughs> cycle? Yeah, what fucking magic so I, cool. <laughs> I did not learn about that till I was like 33. <laughs> like, honestly,
1: yeah, I remember you were saying you were you had a moment like on the beach or something looking up at the moon.
0: Yeah, I was on the beach. Um, which is another reason why I wanted to commune with the ocean while I was in Costa Rica again this last month. But I was on a beach and I was looking at the ocean. And the full moon was right above me. And there was a reflection of the full moon on the water straight in front of me, mm-hmm. and I, right? Like out in the distance in the ocean, there was like this swirling energetic swirl in the ocean just out of nowhere. It was like calm, mm-hmm. seas, calm, 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 reflection, 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 and then swirling right in the middle for no good reason. Wow. And then calm. And I was like, oh my God, that's like a tangible representation of the energy that's swirling all around us at, ev- at any given time just look at the ocean. If you want to know about energy in the air around us and how kind of like we're in these energetic vortexes at all times, like Mm -hmm. just look at the current of the sea. It's a tangible representation of that. And then this conversation with the ocean and the moon went even further to say like that energetic current that's swirling in the sea is the same energetic current that's flowing within me and around mm-hmm. me, and within me. And not only is that true from the way that my blood swirls through my body, the way that my digestion assimilates mm-hmm. and, you know, and or the way my womb space. And like the ocean told me that the the ocean is the amniotic fluid of the world. And it's the same fluid that lives in me. Ugh. I love that so much. You know, like, (laughs) oh, I have amniotic fluid. Oh, the ocean's amniotic fluid. We are so connected. Like that's the same swirling that's happening within me. And it was so crazy because then when I started reading the great cosmic mother, literally the first paragraph of the first chapter was like, according to Darwinism, (laughs) the ocean is the amniotic fluid of the universe. And at a time when the world was all sea, she was feminine because mm-hmm. anything that lived, it was asexual and it produced within itself, from itself, within the amniotic fluid of the world. Mm-hmm. And that is why we know that all things are feminine first.
1: Yeah. It all stems from the sea, from the all, amniotic fluid, all life.
0: All which we have within us. <laughs> yeah, which produced from itself in itself like hello feminine <laughs> Like <laughs> the first signs of creation were feminine, like period. Yeah. Like history of the matriarchy, like history of evolu- the evolution of women. Like this is where we came from and this is what we need to know to to step back into our power and to like heal the world around us by healing ourselves first.
1: Mm. Mm. Oh, it's so good. It gets me so excited.
0: (laughs) Isn't it exciting? (laughs) It's so exciting.
1: It's like, holy fuck. I have all creation within my womb. (laughs) (laughs) It's so cool. I actually just had a, um, like chakra reading with Ellie, um, Holbrook. Yeah. yeah, And she is, she's incredible. And she was just kind of reading my chakras and seeing like different visions with each center and things that were coming in. And it was amazing. And she said like, cause I asked her, I'm like, what is this healing gifts? Like, I, I know it's unfolding. I'm just wondering where it's going to go. Of course, which is Funny because it's like patience, patience, but also I'm like, where's it going? (laughs) Um
0: the purpose, right? Like that's so masculine, but like when's it? What's the schedule and what's the purpose? Like (laughs) what's coming? What can I expect? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) But she was saying that she saw it ultimately being majority for like womb healing. And when she said that, I was like, Oh my gosh, because I've practiced a couple of times on my closest friends and the most powerful experiences that they felt and the, the most like just hot, like vibrant energy that I felt was on over their wombs. I was doing like different healings. And, and when she said that, I was like, Oh my God, that makes so much sense. Like that just resonates. And that's been a thing that's awakened within me recently. That is so, so exciting. And I had a, when I had a different Reiki healing, like a energetic virtual one, which felt so good. So crazy, but so cool. I had a vision of like all of these women like in white linen, like barely clothed at all with with like ash and paint just running around like wildly like dancing. It was in slow motion. They're like singing and dancing and swirling around. And uh, the voice was like, this is like you're bringing this into fruition. Like this is part of your mission to create this space where these women are wild and just in touch with the feminine and power. And I was like, oh my God, that makes so much sense with the womb. Like it just feels like a whole womb healing, divine feminine power retreat or something. So (laughs) So
0: powerful. I love it. I can't wait to see you step into that power. It's, it's, so needed right now. Like we, even if we were unscathed in this life as a woman, like mm-hmm. rarely does it ever happen. Cause we're all, we all have our deck of cards, you know, mm-hmm. like you don't come out of this life unscathed. Let's just say you did right? <laughs> like, it doesn't matter because you have, again, Stored trauma, right? Like, yes, ancestral past, like your lineages, your past lives. Like, there's different ways that trauma is stored at a cellular level within the body. And through the evolution of women, we have so much stored trauma within our womb spaces. I know when I sat with ayahuasca back in January, that I relived labor. Mm, wow, and medicine and somatically right it wasn't some crazy visual I mean I maybe had some visuals but it was mostly pushing stored trauma out of my womb from wow. from the experience of what it means to create which was birth child at such a young age which had an epidural and you know had to go to work and like had to figure things out and really step into my masculine to like survive but I didn't realize the scarcity lack and fear story mm-hmm. that was attached to motherhood for me because at the same time motherhood was my pride and joy I am you know I'm a single mom I'm so proud but like single mom also carried a notion of I can't because I'm a mom I don't have money because I'm a mom and broke mm-hmm. someone scarcity lack and fear was attached to the story of motherhood motherhood like that is the epitome of creation. And so I had a lot of energetic blocks around creating my own, like birthing my own passions in life because this passion that I birthed, Mm -hmm. this is a lot of fucking work for a long time, like a long time of living in PTSD as a teenage mom, not knowing how the bills are gonna get paid every month. Like that Mm -hmm. happens every month, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So yeah, sitting with grandmother, in the medicine space around that and really pushing some energetic blocks. It was like the Icaros like reached up into my womb. And as the maestra sang, the Icaros like pulled the stored trauma from the depth of my womb space. And the amount of lifted that I felt after that ayahuasca experience. I mean, I started seeing things as soon as I got home from that trip. I started seeing things manifest in real time, just like thought manifest, boom, 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 boom. It was crazy, but sacral, sexual center, mm-hmm. all of creation, same center. And if you have stored trauma um, around your sexuality, if you have stored trauma around your creativity, Like that is all the same center. Mm -hmm. And the way that our centers work is the way that truth works. Truth is a one sum game. You're either in your truth or you're not, Mm -hmm. you're either wholeheartedly in your truth and your sexuality and your creativeness, or I'm blocking myself because it's not appropriate to be too sexual at work. Boom. Block of sexuality. Yeah. You know, like I worked in an over-sexualized industry for many years before corporate. And it was like, I'm protecting my sexuality because there's fucking predators everywhere, you Mm -hmm. know? Boom, energetic block around sexuality. Lives in my creative center. If I'm blocking any of it, I'm blocking the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Truth is a one-sum game. You're either in it or you're not. We (laughs) definitely need a lot of womb healing (laughs) for for Ah. women these days. And if it's not in this lifetime, ancestral, lineage, past lives, call it what you want. The body keeps score. So I'm super happy that you're stepping into that space for all of us.
1: Mm, Thank you.
0: Well, I think I'm going to be launching a heroine's journey retreat in June 2022 is what I'm mapping out on the calendar right now. So, yeah, the the next launch of the course is going to be for January. And then in June, we'll actually have um, a retreat for it where we'll walk through the heroine's journey. We'll go over the great cosmic mother, the evolution of women. We'll talk about the anatomy of energy, balancing divine masculine energies within ourselves, a lot of somatic, maybe breath work, sound healing, all that stuff for June. And in March, I'll probably launch my book. So (laughs) Oh my God. So exciting.
1: Ooh, count, count me in on that retreat for sure.
0: Big years, sister.
1: <laughs> wow. Ooh, so incredible. So yeah, anyone listening, this mm-hmm. course that she's offering again in January, the one I did, it's incredible, 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 incredibly empowering and 1000% would recommend it. And I know most of you guys are around my age, like 18 to 25. So it's it's perfect. Perfect, yeah. perfect timing
0: yeah, it is perfect timing. Don't wait till you're 37. Like me (laughs) (laughs)
1: do it now.
0: (laughs) Like it just, it's the whole journey of our lives. So there really is no wrong age for this material. It's applicable at all ages and it's just really beautiful material. I was sitting with a woman, she was 60 years old in, um, my yoga teacher training. Mm -hmm. And we started talking about this material and there's no age that it doesn't resonate with.
1: No, it's our story. It's just so yeah. innate. Mm-hmm. I love that so much. Ah, I don't even know how long we've been talking for, but it's probably been a while. <laughs> I can just talk forever. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Let's see. Is there anything else? It's just so juicy. Everything you have to share is so juicy. Yeah. Um, Oh, I don't know. I guess what's one thing that you're proud of yourself for recently?
0: Oh, I just got full body chills (laughs) when you (laughs) asked that question. I'm really proud that I'm saying yes to myself. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm really proud over these last two years. I mean, I sent my daughter to college. I sold my house. Mm -hmm. I sold everything, you know, because it just wasn't working anymore. Just at that point of that, your urgent yearning to reconnect with the feminine and saying no to the patriarchy, no more corporate. I quit my job. And I've just really, I'm proud that I trust myself. Mm. I'm proud that I've found sovereignty through excavating at all. And I'm just really proud that I'm saying yes to myself now. Like I just did this yoga teacher training. Is it because I want to be a yoga teacher trainer? Probably not. (laughs) (laughs) I love yoga. That's my, it's my spiritual practice is yoga and everything Mm -hmm. from mantra to Ayurveda to all the things that in the asanas and all the things that yoga entails is my spiritual practice. But it's not because I want to be a yoga teacher. It's because I want to say yes to the maiden within me back when I was 20 that wanted to do a yoga teacher training. And I told her no, because we had more important things to do, Mm -hmm. like go find a corporate job and raise a kid and you know, put myself through college and we just had things to do instead Mm of, you know, passions to execute. So it's never too late to say yes to yourself. And I feel it viscerally within my body, like my maiden that wanted to do this 17 years ago is thanking me Mm -hmm. and I'm recultivating that trust with her. That I'm in my goddess, in my queen, in my high priestess, in my becoming crone and wise woman and Mm -hmm. in my wild woman, like (laughs) she can trust me. I can trust me because I'm going to tell myself yes. Oh,
1: wow. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. Chills. Oh, so powerful.
0: Yeah. Thank you for asking. That felt really good. (laughs) That felt so good to hear. Yeah.
1: So clear. So amazing!
0: So, yeah, I'm just. I do sound healing. I do mantra work. I have a website for sacredheartsoundhealing.com for my my sound bowls and. Um, the course launches in January. The book launches in Ju- in March, and the retreat will be in June. Mm-hmm. And I'll have a website up. Um, the Melanie Joy Speaks is the website that is under development, but it should mm-hmm. be within like a month.
1: Awesome. And we'll definitely, definitely have you on probably multiple times before your book is out too. But best place to keep in touch like for the course and stuff is on Instagram.
0: So my Instagram handle is Melanie underscore 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 mm-hmm. joy. Yeah. Melanie three underscores joy because one and two were taken and I wasn't giving up that shit. I wanted <laughs> feel so
1: bad. <laughs> I wasn't giving up that shit. Melanie I Joy. I'm not
0: giving up my name. My name is Melanie Joy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and three is just great. Three is a great number. So it's a works. great
0: number. Yeah. It's a really powerful number. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Thank you for everything you do for this world. I'm so grateful to know you. Yeah.
0: Thank mm. you. Yay. Thank, thank you. you. Oh. <laughs>